great places uh, to visit around here, so we've enjoyed being down here time and time again. This morning I'm going to speak to you about Psalm 95, and I don't know if y'all know Psalm 95. There are a couple of songs from Psalm 95, so it's pretty familiar to me. Do y'all ever sing, Come let us sing for joy to the Lord? You know that one? Uh, Come let us worship and bow down. Maybe. Sometimes when we sing psalms, uh, when we sing scriptures, those scriptures can become a little familiar to us, and maybe, maybe when we do that, sometimes we miss out a little bit on some of the meaning. Uh, we, we let it kind of slide past us. Maybe we smile. I know I do. And think of those memories. Think of uh, times that I've sung those songs, people I've sung them with, people who have led me in singing them. And sometimes when that happens, I might miss a little bit of the meaning. And so we're going to we're going to dig deeply into this psalm today, and I hope that this will be uh, meaningful to you. My, my goal through this is, is for this psalm to be a part of your lived experience, a part of your relationship with God, and so today will be a day that, that draws you closer to the Lord, not just for today, but that's going to carry you throughout the week here. Let's begin with the, the first couple of verses here. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. It's a good feeling, isn't it, when your friends say, Come, let's. I don't know what it is in your life. My, they're really dear when they say, Come, let's get a cup of coffee. Or, or come, let's grab lunch. Maybe for you it's come let's play golf or let's play tennis or I don't know what it is. You have your own come let's. Maybe it's a music festival or, or uh, hearing, hearing some live music or, or going to the theater. I don't know what it is for you, but it's a good feeling when your friends say come let's. It's an invitation, isn't it? And whenever somebody says come let's, it's not just an invitation, but it's about community, right? It's about inclusion. It's about involvement. It says, hey, friend, come, join me. That's a great feeling, isn't it? And here in this psalm, it begins with this invitation to worship. Come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Come, Let's shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Come, let's come before him with thanksgiving. Come, let's extol him with music and song. And, and I have this picture in my head of, of, uh, of out in the parking lot of the temple. Now, don't think of the temple as a church. It's more like a huge complex. But I, but I have a feeling of a, a vision of people walking up to the temple. And, and maybe they have guys out there with torches in the parking lot. Probably not. But maybe... And as people are coming in, they say, hey, friend, uh, boy, those kids look bigger every time I see them. Uh, or, hey, how's that job going? Uh, uh, maybe in the, these ancient worlds, how, how, how are all your sheep? Or, or how is your farm? I don't know what it is, but I, but I have this picture of people coming together and, and they're going into worship and they're, they're excited about it and, and they're welcoming one another because they know it's a community and they know when they come together to worship, it's, it's God's people together worshiping. Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but 
It says, let us sing for joy to the Lord. I love when we sing together, and, and I love when we sing joyfully together. I know sometimes we sing more meditative, and that, that's great too, but, but we, we need to have joy in our worship. When we come together as God's people, it's, it's a time for us to be joyful. And uh-oh, that, that second line's a little concerning, isn't it? How much shouting do you do in worship? You know, some churches do a little more shouting than other churches. I've been in some churches where you didn't say anything. And I've been in churches where you're invited to, to shout. And so, why don't we shout? Let's shout hallelujah. Ready? Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to shout our praise to God. Not because He can't hear us, but because it helps us to, to lift ourselves up and to express ourselves in our worship. And, and we're going to shout to the... Why? He's the rock of our salvation. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? And let us come before Him with thanks. Is anybody here grateful? Is anybody here grateful? Nobody said anything. We're not shouting or answering. Is anybody here grateful? Yes, yes. And is God worthy of our praise? Is He worth us extolling or praising Him? with music, with our, with our singing, He is. Now, I don't know if you know this, this is some free knowledge that I like to offer every now and then. Uh, when you see the word LORD in all small caps, you see how it's a big capital L and then a small capital O-R-D? Is it like that in your Bible? Should be. That's okay, you don't have to look now. Uh, but you, when, when you see that in your Bible, it's not actually the word Lord. It's actually a representation of the name, of God's name. God actually has a name. Judy, if we can advance. God actually has a name. And in our culture, when we say God, it's kind of generic. But when Psalm 95 was written, it was not generic. There were other gods who were, who were competition to, to our God. And so when they, when they say Come worship the Lord. It's actually God's personal name. Now, centuries ago, the Jewish people stopped saying God's personal name because they didn't want to accidentally take the Lord's name in vain. They honored His name. They revered His name so much that they didn't want to accidentally misuse it. And so they stopped saying the name of God. And in your Hebrew Bible, I know you're all following along in Hebrew, but in your Hebrew Bible, there are four letters that appear there, but they stopped pronouncing them. And so his actual name kind of got lost to history. So when they come across that in, in, in reading in Hebrew, they say Adonai. You probably heard the word Adonai. Adonai is, is a, a, a made-up word for this purpose based on the word for Lord. And so in our English Bibles, we started writing Lord in all caps so that you would recognize it's the special, specific, personal name of God. Now, you may have heard the name Jehovah. Most people now think it's Yahweh. The reason you probably heard the name Jehovah is back in the 1900s, all the Bible study was done in German. And so in German, J for Jehovah makes a Y sound. So Yehovah or Yahweh, Yahweh, is how most folks think it's pronounced these days. So that's... Uh, that's some free knowledge that I hope will enrich your Bible study. But for our purposes this morning, it's more important to note that this is an invitation to join in the worship of a specific 
God. It's an invitation to worship Yahweh, our Lord, in community, in the community of God's people. And when you're in that great crowd, it's great to come. It's right to come with joy and gratitude and singing and shouting. These first two verses look pretty enthusiastic, don't they? Looks pretty enthusiastic to me. And so I have this picture of God's people coming in ready to praise the Lord. Are you ready to praise the Lord? Are you coming in here in community to be a part of a community that's worshiping the Lord, Yahweh, God? You're welcome in God's community. Amen? Amen? The psalm says, come, let's join, join us in worship. Come worship. The next part of the psalm kind of answers the question, who is God? For the Lord, again, that's Yahweh, for the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. The Lord Yahweh is great. There is none greater. And, and when we say God is great, we usually aren't considering challengers there, although sometimes you'll hear a sermon on the idolatry of, of money or politics or, or other things like that. But uh, here, when they say Yahweh is Lord, it's not a generic God. There are challengers. Back in ancient Israel, there were other gods. And, and you may read about Baal and Chemosh and Molech and Dagon and Marduk. You read about them in your Bible. In fact, in 1 Kings 18, there's this great story where Elijah, the prophet of Yahweh, goes to battle with 450 prophets of Baal. And who wins that day? Elijah and Yahweh win that day, right? One prophet of, of Yahweh at his disposal is more powerful than 450 prophets of the so-called God, Baal. That's the word that they, world that they lived in. Now, you'll see here a seal in this image. I don't know how well you can see it, but it's from seven or eight hundred years before the time of Christ. And it's, it was found, it's an Assyrian seal, and it's a picture of two gods, Nabu and Marduk, and uh, they are, are being worshipped and receiving gifts there. Seven or eight hundred years before the time of Jesus is the time of Isaiah, the prophet. It's the time of, of Micah and Joel and Amos. Um, Assyria, anybody know the capital of Assyria? No, that's okay. It's Nineveh. Anybody remember hearing a story about Nineveh in your Bible? Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. The Assyrians are the ones who destroyed the, the northern part of the kingdom. And there was a famous prophet who was sent to Nineveh, Jonah, the story of Jonah. And so that's, that's, uh, that's this time. And in this context, in that world, where everybody knows these other gods, this psalm says Yahweh is the great God. Yahweh is the king above all those other so-called gods. Don't think you can control him or contain him. He's not your butler. He's not your concierge. He's not working the customer service desk. This is Yahweh the Lord Almighty. He made everything you see. He's, he's got the whole world in His hands from Death Valley to Denali, from the Red Sea to the Gobi Desert, up, down, north, south, east, west, 
Mineral Springs, Nashville, Murfreesboro, Memphis, New York, New Mexico, the US, the United Arab Emirates, Mozambique, Moldova, Ukraine, Russia, it is all God's creation. It is all God's possession. And Yahweh, the Lord, holds it and sustains it and cares for it. The invitation is to come join the crowd of God's people who are telling everybody about the greatness of the Lord Yahweh, the greatness of God. And whenever we think or talk or sing about how good God is, how great God is, it kind of puts us in our place, doesn't it? If He is all this, then who are we? And so the psalm continues, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. That, that song that I mentioned earlier, Come Let Us Worship and Bow Down, that last line in that psalm is, in that song is, We are the sheep of His hand. And that's actually a, a more literal translation. This, this translation's fine. It's kind of helping us understand what he's saying. But we're the sheep of his hand. There's this picture of, of Almighty God, the Lord Yahweh. We've put him in his rightful place. But then we see us in our rightful place. Not only is earth his creation and possession, but so are we. The same hand that holds the depths of the earth holds us. The same hand that formed the dry land is the hand that formed us. And it guides us. It sustains us. It provides for us. Sometimes when we start talking about nature and and how many of y'all are like me that you often feel close to God in nature? Anybody else like that? Yes. Sometimes we kind of think of nature and then us and then God kind of like we're, 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 like we're not really nature. But you know, we are nature. We're not standing up here above nature and saying, hey God, congratulations on this. We're standing here with this saying, thank you, Lord, you are not only the creator of the world, not only the, the creator, you're our shepherd, you're our creator, you, the hand that formed the, 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 the earth and holds the mountain peaks, and, and the, that's the hand that formed us. And so we are with creation, a part of creation, within creation, humbly submitting to God as creator, maker, and ruler. And this amazing God is good, isn't he? It's, it's his bountiful hand that sustains us. Like a shepherd caring for a flock of sheep, God cares for us. He protects us and provides and leads in his pasture. We're the people of his pasture under his personal attention, his hand, his personal supervision. No wonder we worship the Lord. Amen? No wonder we worship the Lord. And so the invitation is to come and bow down, come and humble ourselves, come and kneel before him 
in worship because of who he is and who we are. So what's next? It says, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. This is a tough ending to a psalm that started with so much hope and joy. Do you ever do you feel like you just you came in in the middle of a, of a sermon and it and it took a wrong turn? Because we're talking about how good God is, we're worshiping, we're praising, we're we're a community, we're and then and then what? What? It's a story of a sad history. If you go back to Exodus chapter 17, after God had rescued Israel from Egypt, it hasn't been long since they've crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites complained because there wasn't enough water as they traveled in the wilderness. They quarreled with Moses, who was God's appointed leader. They said, God must have brought us out here just to kill us and that we're going to die of thirst out here. God has done this to us. Well, in that day, God did provide water. He did save the people from dying of thirst. But he named the place Massah, which means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling. With their hard hearts, they did not trust God as the shepherd. They did not trust that they were the sheep of his hand. They did not trust that they were his flock and his pasture. And the result of this lack of faith and lack of submission was 40 years of wilderness living. Doubt, rejection, hard hearts, stray hearts, testing hearts, wilderness camping, angry oaths, always wandering, never resting. And the psalm writer here says, learn the lesson that your ancestors failed to learn. I don't know what you've done or where you've been. I don't know who are your parents and your grandparents or, or what consequences you may be living from the sins of generations past, sins that were committed before you or, or with you or to you. But today is a new day. Today is a day to hear His voice. I don't know if or how long you've been walking away from God, but I do know that life can be a wilderness. You may be in a place of, of a spiritual desert. You may be dry. You may be hungry. You may be living in lonely darkness. You may not have had any rest, and it seems like you never will. You may be asking, why, Lord? You may have been in the wilderness for four days, four months, four years, or four decades. But today is a new day. Hear His voice. You may have been testing and trying the Lord your heart may have gone astray, walked away, or run around in circles, but today is a new day, a new invitation to hear His voice. I don't know what that first congregation 
thought about or what they experienced when they came in into the temple and, and this psalm was sung or, or chanted or, or read or however it happened. But I do know that it was representative of their experience. I do know that, that this was something they had lived. In, in Jewish culture, what happened to your ancestors happened to you. So they don't say, God led our ancestors across the Red Sea. They say, God led me across the Red Sea. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that and, and how, how as a part of that community, whatever God did in the past, He did for you as well. We're going to walk back through this psalm now in a meditative or reflective way and take a deep breath, relax, close your eyes if you want to. Uh, I'm going to read and then make some comments and give a, a pause for reflection. And my goal for you is that you would experience God in this psalm and that you would see where God's actions throughout history or His actions in your life and are the actions that He has for you today. So we're going to live this psalm anew in our time. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Reflect for a moment on who has invited you and who has invited you, who is inviting you into God's presence. Think of God calling you. Think of your faith community. Think of your parents in the faith. Part of the fruit of having God's Spirit within you is joy. Where is the joy in your faith? Do you have joy in your worship? Think about gratitude. What has God done for you? Has God been good to you? Do you have a song in your heart? For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In His hands are the depths of the earth. Mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it. And His hands form the dry land. Reflect for a moment on the greatness of God. Think about His incredible power seen in His creative and sustaining work. Where do you see beauty in his creation, recognizing that we are a part of that creation?
Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. In His presence, in His pasture, under His care, humble yourself before God now, bowing to His leadership, acknowledging that He is God and you are His creation, and spend a moment accepting His kindness and letting Him be your personal shepherd. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. God is calling you right now, today. Listen intently for his voice. This is a divine invitation, a divine appointment, a divine opportunity. Come in from the wilderness. Don't be like those hard-hearted folks in this ancient story or like those hard-hearted folks in our world, in our community, in our church, or in this room. Today is a new day. Hear his voice. Come in from the wilderness. Rest, not stress. Do you long for God's rest? Are you ready to enter the land, a place to call your own, a place of security and safety, a place of bountiful provision, a land of milk and honey. Today, if only you would hear his voice and open your heart. Today, turn back to God. Today, a new day. Today, a fresh start. Today, a personal invitation. Today, a clean slate. Today, an open door. Today, come enter his rest and hear his voice today. May each day this week be a today when you hear God's voice leading and loving you. 
I know that whenever I do something like this, there are some people who wish it lasted four times as long and some people who wish it lasted one-fourth as long. But my prayer is that you have encountered God in his word. Amen? What is God saying to you? I encourage you to share, maybe over lunch, uh, what you heard from God this day. Maybe you're ready to accept an invitation for this to be a new today for you. Maybe you need to, to make some kind of public statement and, and I'll be up here and maybe an elder will be up here with me and, and you're welcome to come and make a public statement. Or maybe you just need to talk to some friends this afternoon or, or throughout this week about what you are hearing from God, about what God is saying to you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I've always wanted to say this. I invite you to extol the Lord in music and song as we stand and sing together.